Hey, after a two-year hiatus, the Moses Skateboarding Podcast is back. I'm your host, Templeton Elliott, and I'm here with Mike Munzenreiter and Jason from Frozen and Carbonite. Today, we're going to talk about the durability of the low-impact Euro Pro, uh, the New Deal reboot, and big-time sponsors from outside of skateboarding. Daniel LeBron's recent video part had us thinking about the durability of the Euro Pro. Jason, why don't you kick off this conversation? Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, first of all, shalom to everyone out there. Yeah, this is right in my wheelhouse because, I mean, it's not a secret. Eurotech and skaters like uh, Dan LeBron and JB and Enrique is like my shit. But, yeah, I mean, this is uh, definitely something to look up to. For us aging, delusional, you know, technical street dogs, pretty much. Or the one time I went out to LA to skate, like 1998, LeBron, Jesus Fernandez, and Alfonso Fernandez would be like at the pit literally all day, like in the middle of the summer when it was like 100 degrees outside. And it's crazy that they're all, well, except for Alfonso, because I know what happened to him, but they're all, you know, still ripping. So, and JB, that JB part was crazy, like his ender. Yeah, the I don't know if 360 a, switch heel. Yeah, that's nuts for like a 40-something guy. You know what I mean? I think it's one of those things like if you're in motion, it's like inertia or whatever. If you're in motion, you tend to stay in motion. Like if you skate every day, it's easy to keep up with. But if you're a regular uh, 30-something, 40-something dude, you have a job, responsibilities, all that type of shit, it's a little bit harder. But – yeah, those guys are the best, man. What can I say? Yeah, I think they've uh, they've benefited from being pro skaters and not ever having to get a job and <clears throat> skate once a week or, you know, an hour here or there. They just, yeah, can keep doing it because they've been doing it. Well, I guess I wonder how uh, they all dipped back to Europe, it seems like, you know, God, probably a decade or more ago. So, like... I guess going going beyond like skating every day, we all know that's gonna that's gonna do wonders for you. But like, they dip to Europe, so they're living back home, be it in Lyon or Barcy or uh, you know wherever LeBron and the Fernandez brothers are from. So like, does ditching the U.S. and living that Euro lifestyle actually uh, help you? Because like I remember looking at that LeBron part that came out, and I mean he doesn't. He doesn't even look like a guy in his 40s. Like, you can kind of, you can handicap people as they get older. You know, maybe maybe things aren't, the nollie flips don't snap as much. Like, he did that fakie hard flip switch crooked grind. And, I mean, he had no trouble getting in there. So, I feel like there's some more metaphysical factors here that, that are worth thinking about. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the Europeans yeah. are known for being healthier than us Americans. They walk everywhere. They eat better food. Um, it's just, they have, they have a healthier lifestyle than we do. So stands to reason that their skaters would be healthier, uh, later in life as well. Yeah. I mean, fuck like that sticky hard flip crooker grind or whatever. I think he did that in the neighborhood video or LA County or something. Yeah. Like a long ass time ago. So that's crazy. I think, uh, that, that, that strikes just fakie hards to switch crooks strike me as a very, like, I think of it as a Spanish trick because I think it was either Jesus or his brother did one, too, in, like, a world report in 411. So, uh, yeah, those dudes have a lot of equity in that trick. Yeah, it's quintessential Eurotech. I guess uh, that, that that makes me wonder, what, what exactly is, like, the Eurotech definition? What, what, 
what pulls it out of being like a dude who rides for primitive to being like specifically Eurotech? Well, I can probably answer this. All right. Number one, you skate plazas most of the time, like marble plazas like Stalin or Bercy when it was still around or Macba, I guess. Number two, you do crazy, like esoteric flip in, flip out shit. You know, Harvey or Sangrento, for example. Mm-hmm. So it's like whatever, like Nolly Crooked Grind, like 270 Nolly flip out, just like crazy shit like that. So. That's like kind of Eurotech, like night. Also, not jumping downstairs. You're not doing like switch heel flips down a nine stair, or you know generic shit like that. So I could go on and on about Eurotech, but yeah, that, I mean that's pretty much it. Seems more likely that they're going upstairs than downstairs. Well, that's that's the rule. Like if you can't jump up it, don't jump down. <laughs> hey, that that you might know? be a a rule Worst for to longevity too. Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, I feel like the ground that they skate in Europe has got to contribute to the their longevity. You know, it's it's a lot easier to slam on a marble marble plaza than, you know, a rough parking lot or asphalt schoolyard or whatever. You slide out and it's not that painful. I, I did think, like, it's just better spots, you know? Like, you, you, you look at so many L.A. pros going to the same warehouse and skating indoors versus uh you know whatever whatever jb's uh hotel plaza that's that's getting redone like i mean we're talking apples to oranges or you know some something that's even bigger a bigger difference than a couple different fruits you know it's worlds apart so yeah i think there's something to that yeah, yeah. i mean i guess there was i guess there was jay kwan for a while and now it's like i don't even know i don't even check well i guess the, well there's your like gardener like tablecloth or whatever then there's like some ledge out in like the valley or something. You know what I mean? On the side of like uh like bathroom in some park. Right. Someone found or something. You know what I mean? Kind of like random in the middle of no someone found a ledge somewhere. Then that becomes like the ledge that everyone goes and film that goes and films that. And you so, drive yeah, two so and a half hours to get there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and there's definitely something to be said for a meetup spot where you can just it's like a skate park, but it's street, you know, like we recently have a plaza in Portland that's uh, become not a bust. And it's so nice to just go there and you know you're going to see people. Like, you don't even have to make plans. You just go there and you know there's going to be people skating and it's going to be good and the ground pops good and the ledges grind. And it just feels good and it's motivating. Yeah, that's why Pulaski is still the best. Like, it has like the big open flat ground area and the marble like makes your trick pop higher especially in the summertime like if you're skating like a parking lot in the summertime it's gonna be basically like mush you know so yeah Pulaski's like Pulaski's probably the only place in America where they have that like plaza lifestyle where everyone just kind of goes down there and you interact with people and shit is dope it's fucking awesome yeah that makes me think that uh like Bobby Worst is, I mean, he wasn't exactly in the mold earlier on in his skate career, but like Worst is uh, perhaps our, our, our closest thing to the uh, Euro uh, Plaza Pro, if you if you think about how much Pulaski footage he's put out in recent years. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, totally. That guy, uh, he fucking shreds those wedges nonstop, just like those guys. So yeah, probably that's a good point. The thing about Pulaski, uh, as opposed to a Euro Plaza, is Pulaski, 
you know, it's kind of a bust. I don't know what the current state of Pulaski is, but, um, you know, you can't just skate there like a skate park, but it seems like, you know, Makba and these other plazas are essentially a skate park, you know, and if you can go somewhere, you don't have to worry. You can, you know, you can do those Euro, Euro tech tricks and nollie hard flip crook or whatever, flip in, flip out. That shit takes time. Yeah, Pulaski, there's always, like, it's always, like, in the back of your mind, like, all right, look for the, uh, like, solid blue line at the top of a car coming down 13th Street or 14th Street or wherever. Yeah, so speaking of Pulaski, uh, let's bring it on to the New Deal reboot. Um, that makes sense, right? Because Chris yeah, Hall. Yeah, Chris Hall. Good segue. <laughs> yeah. Chris Hall, I don't think Tara reissuing. Was Chris Paul pro for New Deal? Did he have a pro model? I can't remember. That was like a little bit before my time. I don't know. Yeah, I think New Deal's best days were before my time. But anyway, yeah, they're rebooting yeah. New Deal for the first with the first couple years graphics. <laughs> and uh, that's what we're talking about. Uh, Mike, what do you what do you think about the New Deal reboot? Well, uh, for one thing, like the most I know about Chris Paul is uh, from that Get Familiar video. So. Yeah, the New Deal's best days were ahead, or yeah, were before my early days too. Um, I, I I feel like I've definitely got mixed feelings about it. Like they're doing it as a thirty-year anniversary thing, um, so you know it's just not out of nowhere. Uh, and they're 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 releasing things as far as I know, kind of chronologically as to how they came out when they first came out. So like, there's some thought put into it, and I feel like that's equity and that's important. For things like this because you know on the flip side and sure this goes for all of skateboarding but this is just a money-making venture it kind of you know plays on uh, a lot of nostalgia a lot of old dudes thinking about their better days be it you know if they're still skating or not and so like the cynic in me just kind of I guess I guess it's the, the biggest problem is that it all happened before I knew anything about skateboarding and like I caught uh what was that video children of the sun like that that was my introduction to the new deal renee matheson and like you know it wasn't as cool as the other stuff at the time that i was seeing so you know i'm not mad at it but i'm not buying the boards either i, I don't know if it was meant for me personally yeah, yeah renee matheson the, the poor man's costume <laughs> or the uh slightly economically disadvantaged man's costume but yeah, is he like from Hawaii thing, or? Yeah, he was from Hawaii. There was like a bunch of, well, not a bunch. It was like him and Rob Carleone was from Hawaii. Yeah, I started but, um, yeah. to associate Renee Matheson with Hawaii. That was like, that's almost like his, his shtick. He's the good skater from Hawaii. But uh, yeah, the thing about the New Deal is like, there's this whole thing with nostalgia, with people having nostalgia for shit that they didn't experience in the first place. Like, the whole, uh, like, Goofy Boy renaissance or whatever. Or even, like, a little bit, the whole, like, photosynthesis. Like, I don't want to say, some people say cosplay. I don't know. But just, like, getting mad psyched on, like, an era that you weren't even there for in the first place, you know. I mean, I guess it's cool if if you're, uh, you were psyched on that, like, early New Deal shit. Like, I kind of got into it with The Deal is Dead. I kind of skipped over like uses of the toys in 1281 and got into it with 
the deal is dead and whatever. I used to like run those videos religiously with like, yeah, Renee Matheson and Ron Niggy. Am I saying, is that how you say his name? Yeah, I kind of feel like they're, they're trying to juice the collector market a little bit, which has been going on for a while. Like Prime, Prime's on like a billion like reissue projects with like pretty much everyone. They were the wood shop for World forever basically and they've been doing all those reissues with like what like jeff hartzell like valeli dune i think dunes like work with them somehow but like yeah i just feel like they're just trying to juice the collector market a little too hard and i think based on what i've seen like real collectors are fucking pissed because you know what i mean it kind of devalues their whole shit yeah, it's funny. I was reading about the Janowski 10-year anniversary stuff and they're like reissuing the Tiffany Janowskis, which I didn't even, I didn't know was a thing, but I have a pair. And I was like, "Oh shit, are these like worth something?" And then I was like, "Well, they're clearly not worth anything now that there's a reissue." <laughs> yeah, I mean, reissues are cool like if you're someone like me that doesn't have like $6,000 to spend on like a Nadia devil board or whatever you know what i mean and you're still into it and you know you want to put on your wall or whatever i don't know it's cool those graphics are sick like uh i don't know the early new deal ads are sick if you look back at them so yeah i guess it's cool if you're into that i would be sick if they are issued like the um some of like the slicks like from the the deal is dead era like the uh what's we'll call it like the john montessi gargamel board <laughs> if you remember that some of those are sick so yeah yeah, I think the graphics are sick, like the spray paint can with the New Deal logo, like that just kind of like 90s graffiti style. Like, I don't know, I, I kind of associate it with like rave culture, um, but like I didn't really know about that shit at the time. It just kind of, I don't know, maybe just kind of melts together in my brain. Um, yeah, there's like that look. There's like, I mean even though we're a little too young or didn't quite get to it when it was hot, like the new deal stuff has a certain look that probably speaks to us pretty well, just in terms of like other things from maybe just right after that era. So yeah, it's, it's easy to maybe dismiss it a little bit because we don't have the direct connection, but like the more we talk about it, it's like the more I can kind of get into that mindset of like, Oh, this was my shit back when, and Maybe, maybe being able to countenance having a board on the wall, you know, that, that is a reissue because it, it, it's a little silly, you know, like it's not made to be skated, but I can get it. If it makes you happy, who's, who's that, uh, who's that lady that has everybody clean things out unless it makes them happy? Like, I get that. Yeah, Marie, I get that. So. Yeah. So do you guys have boards on your walls? Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. I have a bunch, but I, I just, the latest one I got was, the like Kelly Bird like screaming for vengeance board with like the Judas Priest album cover shit. Uh, I got a bunch signed. I have like a signed like Brian Lottie stereo board that he did. Like a Kalis. Wait, this is a funny story. When Kalis used to be on Slap, like shout out all the Slap pals. Huh. I mail or I PM personal messages like, yo, I have this old board from like 1999. If I send it to KO, could you like sign it? Send it back. He was like, yeah, no problem. So it was like, whatever, like a 7.5 alien board or whatever. So yeah, I mailed it to KO and he mailed it back. It was sick. And he, said, and he, and he put another board in the box, which was sick. So Whoa. shout out, Kalis. That was dope. 
That's sick. Kalis is, is like a fucking man of the people. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, doing it up in Michigan right now. That it's uh, I'm sitting in the midst of a blizzard, so anybody else who's even just in the neighborhood up here, I, I give them props. But, uh, yeah, I, I've got four boards on the wall. One is a Jim Greco uh, sliced alone Cobra board. It says bailing is a disease, hammers are the cure. And, like, um, I think I, I picked that up to skate it. And it warped. So, um, yeah, we moved into the house a couple years ago now. But that's on the wall. I got one for Davis Torgerson, his first pro model. That's like a Prince Purple Rain motif. That yeah, one I, I actually that. bought. That yeah, like like they've done a bunch. Reel's done a bunch of good stuff for him, like Minnesota-wise. I bought that specifically for the wall. But then otherwise, like the other two are just from local companies that, you know, turned local homies pro and... They were boards right. at one point or another that would have been skated, that would have been skated, but uh, they never did. You know, I dug them out of a box out of, you know, in the basement. They're too small for yeah, me to yeah. skate now. So on the wall they go. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Torgerson, he, I think he had a few like print type boards, like with uh, like either album art or like a, a dove or something with purple rain yep. coming down or some shit like that. That's pretty tight. Yeah, yeah, and you know he was—he uh, was the first guy from the Twin Cities, like younger than me, to go pro. Because all the other guys before him, you know, were a couple years older, but they were always—you know—they they, I didn't watch them come up. They were always older than me, so it's a different different uh, class of pro. So, yeah, stoked to have his board on the wall. Uh, what about you, Templeton? I have no boards on the wall. I've got a box with some boards. Um, not really like when I used to write for the skateboard mag, I would get sent stuff. Um, so I've got like some random, like I think I have Julian Davidson's first pro board for Element autographed. And I was like, I'm not going to skate this. I'll just put it in this box. I've got a, um, oh, speaking of reissues, I've got a um, Pat Duffy Primus board that's got like nice. that old school 90s shape. Uh, that's like a reissue and then i've just got like you know like some local local hero boards that are cool but yeah i I just don't have any motivation to put those on the wall for some reason i guess i'm just not like i don't know i think i kind of keep my skateboarding in a box and like the rest of my life is like Hmm. the rest of my life there's there's like skate art in my house though what uh yeah, what board cool. would make it up on your wall? Is there one? Uh I thought I remember when Habitat did their first Charlie Harper uh series. It was like a three board series. Um we have a bunch of Charlie Harper art. Um so I was thinking, oh that would be cool, like that would fit with the rest of our art. Um but I just like just never I wasn't that motivated to get it. Uh, I remember Kehende Wiley had three boards made for some show at like the Brooklyn Art Museum and they were like regular skateboard price. And I was like, I should buy all three of these. They'll probably be worth some money. And I didn't. Um, They probably are worth some money. I don't know. But yeah, I don't know. I just, boards on the wall isn't my thing. Yeah, actually one board that I have that I just have kept in a box I haven't put up on a wall is uh the not as a double board reissue from a couple of years ago just because 
like if my parents came over or a guest came over, they might freak out, like depending on their uh, face, if you know what I mean. So have them put oh, that right. one. Yeah, I might put him office or something. That's a definite like guest room right over the bed <laughs> yeah. wall hanger. Yeah, I've definitely got a Todd Bratchard piece. Maybe I even gave it away, but uh, yeah, there's there's some Bratchard stuff that just got a kid. I, you know, people coming through, it just cannot remain on the wall. So I definitely feel yeah, it on the, the Nottis devil board, Satan board. Yeah, people are funny with the collecting stuff. Like, you know, when you work in a shop or uh, hang out in a shop, people come in and ask for just weird shit. So one time mm-hmm. I was setting up a board or whatever. This guy comes in and was like, hey, do you have any, like, uh, boards from the 80s? And, you know, the dude working with us are like, oh, not really. You have any, like, a couple of reissues or whatever. And he's like, no, do you have any, like, uh, used boards from the, the 80s? Like, Bones Brigade and shit? And we were like, oh, yeah, like, uh, over here we have this whole, like, uh, room full of slightly used like uh tony hawk and you know what i mean like oh yeah here you go you have a whole room full of slightly used gently used fucking uh powell peralta boards and shit like i don't know people are weird with that shit bro people are weird uh speaking of tony hawk uh village psychic just had an awesome interview with tony hawk uh about large-scale sponsors for their rules of skateboarding series uh shouts to ian browning for doing that interview, and uh, is it Cosme for doing the art? Yes. That's how you say that? Our skate Twitter friends. Yeah, shout out to skate Twitter. Skate Twitter. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so it was an interesting article about non-endemic sponsors. Um, what do you think about making that money outside of skateboarding, Mike? Oh, I'm all for it. Uh, basically like that's that's the short answer uh kind of cracking into what birdman was saying though like you know the dude's been through it all and he had some pretty thoughtful things to say i think just where like you know i think it's a fair reading to say like you can be sponsored by whatever you want as long as it's justifiable or like you know not completely outside of your moral sphere i guess you could say um yeah i do wonder like you know he he'd been endorsed by mcdonald's and you know he my reading was he was coming on pretty hard saying like yeah i still eat it and i mean i eat mcdonald's too here and there but uh i don't know it 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 was funny what he what he picked out to uh really go hard on but uh yeah i think he made some good points like as long as it's within the realm of uh believability like it's not too insane. I think uh, I think you can get away with it. And of course, like nowadays, the the doors have been pretty much blown off it. So um, yeah, I think the rules don't change. But yeah, what what are your thoughts, Templeton? Um, yeah, I think you know, make that money while you can. Skateboarding is a it's short short lived career for most people. Um, but you got to kind of draw the line at your own morals or there's probably a sliding scale like you know i wouldn't ride for red bull for 500 bucks a month but five thousand a month red bull might be looking pretty good uh so i i think that that's probably part of the calculus that's going on i remember nija had a deal with lance snack crackers a while ago and what are those 
That's like the little like six pack of like uh, cheese and crackers. You know, mm. like yeah, the cap the captain's wafers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And all that shit. Ah, uh, the lance, like the the cheese spreader. Yeah. Yeah, the, like a peanut peanut butter and cheese crackers and the captain's wafers. They got okay. all types of shit going on. Yeah, okay. I remember. Nigeria. Yeah, he he had a deal with them and some ads, um, and you know, on Slap, he was getting some shit for it. And I was like, that's actually kind of a tight sponsor. Like, I enjoy some snack crackers. That's something that actually does come in handy when you're out skating all day. That I feel like that's a believable sponsor, and that's probably actually going to help your skate day better than a monster energy drink. I mean, yeah, snack crackers in the Lambo's glove box. Come on. Sick. Yeah, yeah, I mean, didn't didn't any McDonald's have some wild sponsors like Verizon and shit or Amazon? Am I just, am I just making that up? No, no. Yeah, I, Amazon. Uh, he had a deal with. I don't know if if sponsor is the right word, but he he proudly proclaimed that he uh, brought skateboarding to Amazon on the Nine Club when he was on. I, if I remember right, he. Uh... He kind of legitimized them selling skateboard components, you know. And hell, I'll I'll cop to it. Like, I've had Amazon gift cards and bought a set of Indies for the cruiser or whatever. But uh, yeah, he worked with them to legitimize that side of their business or to help guide them. Maybe I'm getting my details wrong, but I felt like he might have put a sticker on his board too. I uh, yeah, it's 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 a weird gray area. Yeah, that's. That's kind of whack, in my opinion. I guess what Tony Hawk was saying, like, at the end of the day, you know, when you look in the mirror, if you can live with yourself with a big-ass corporate sponsor. And, like, yeah, like, Temple and said, like, Red Bull, like, Red Bull hat might look, you know, lame or whatever, but if they're giving you 10 grand a month, like, I guess what the fuck? You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I don't think that many people these days have that type of, moral compass anyway like just to say like nah that's whack i won't do it for x amount of money like the only person i think is uh that's boozing it like i think i read some interview and he was like nah i don't want to have a energy being sponsored because that shit is mad unhealthy i definitely remember reading that just that like i wouldn't want my kid drinking it or or whatever <laughs> that yeah just that shit's bad for you yeah I, I do wonder if like yeah some of the be it you know punk rock or conscious hip-hop um ideals that some of the older heads might have grown up with are you know just not out there anymore as much with younger dudes who and going back to what templeton said like get that money it's finite but i just wonder if yeah attitudes have have changed enough where uh where people have already been doing it and uh you know there's just not as much agonizing over uh over whether or not to uh, get that rock star check or what what have you. Yeah, it seems like the collective skate world doesn't blink anymore about a non-endemic sponsor. You know, like, means on Lululemon. That's fine, I guess. Is I think it? that's dumb. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, don't know, to man, me, but... I, think, I think Lululemon is, like, girls' clothes. Like, I know that they no, have... I, no, I have, I have tons of Lululemon shit. For like the gym and whatnot, I would get a box from. I would take a box from Lululemon in a second. I'd oh, back yeah. it like uh, 
it's it's all dope, right? Yeah, it's slightly more like uh, fashion forward than your fucking like Target. You know what I mean? Just like champion dry fit shirt for the gym or whatever. Or if you run, definitely if you run distance, it's pretty good shit. So yeah, I, I back it. I would take. I would be a influencer for Lululemon, man. What the fuck? I mean, flashing back to Andy Mack for a second, like he's got that Patagonia gig or whatever, whatever that deal is. And man, like having a couple, again, I'm sitting up in a blizzard. I'm thinking about puffy coats. I'm thinking about outerwear right now. So that Patagonia would be dope. Yeah. Who wouldn't want a Patagonia sponsorship? Jeez. Touche. I think Andy Mack has had some of the best non-endemic sponsors, you know? Patagonia, Cliff Bar. Not that I eat a lot of Cliff Bars, but that makes sense. Throw that in the backpack and have one of those mid-session. Just keep dropping those hammers. I think you're hungry, man. (laughs) I'm always a little hungry. So what are some of the worst uh, non-endemic sponsors? That Village Psychic piece had had the, the gif of ryan sheckler doing the what was it the double pits to chesty for yeah that was harsh. spray that was harsh dude that did yeah that did not age well yeah i mean I kinda, that wasn't good uh, when yeah. it came out <laughs> but that was that was more like he just did a did a commercial you know that didn't feel like he was sponsored by hacks I mean, I'd go devil's advocate and say that, like, that is a plausible thing for, you know, whatever, seven, eight, nine, ten years ago. Like, that was within his image. I don't know. And it's so absurd that I feel like in hindsight, it's so absurd. He's going over a golf cart or whatever, like, with chicks on it. Um, I don't know. Clearly it came from, like, the boardroom of a very expensive marketing firm. Yes. Yes. I think uh, another one that comes to mind and it kind of speaks to what uh, Birdman talked about in that piece is just that like, you know, it's it's less like a two year endorsement deal that people are working out. And maybe it's like a month by month or like one time thing. Uh, so I'm thinking about like Chris Cole and who was it? P-Rod in their Instagram stories eating McRib- McRibs or whatever. They were eating McRib sandwiches from McDonald's. And I know uh, people on the internet seem to be kind of ripping those dudes apart. And it was silly. I just wonder if like people's memories are going to be that long, if that's going to be something that sticks to those dudes or if like, you know, sticks to their ribs or if, uh, you know, whatever couple thousand, probably 10 grand they got for all we know. But yeah, is that cash worth it in the short term? And, Kids, kids won't bat an eye. I guess that's probably how how that thought process goes. Yeah, well, I think Paul Rodriguez he has enough like equity. He has enough brand equity with like his whole career that it doesn't really matter that much. But I think he's had some really fucking corny sponsors like Target. He was on Target or whatever, which is corny. And didn't I think Target like sponsored Woodward or whatever? Like how one of the uh areas over there there's a big like fucking target that's a bank or whatever that's yeah, yeah, there's, there's an area called target plaza at, like, oh west yeah west it actually yeah, looks exactly. pretty sick to skate 
Oh yeah, there's, I mean it looks sick, but there's a big like uh, what you call it, like taco, taco shell like uh, ramp or whatever you call it. That's like a fucking target logo. Yeah, I think those lot. are the corniest ones. I think like if you go to if you drill down to like all those vert skaters who just skate contests all the time, they probably have some really like off the wall sponsors. Yeah, probably some yeah. that we just don't even know about because those guys are out of our wheelhouse. Yeah, it's just like people who like like Danny Mayer or whatever. Shout out Danny Mayer, like he's a he's a <laughs> dope skater. But you know what I mean? Like people like vert skaters because that's their whole like. Uh, brand equity like skating contests that make money or whatever yeah those dudes probably aren't even that concerned about looking cool they're just like let me get this check let me make it to the podium and you know who cares what the slap message boards think about my skating or my sponsor choices what the hell is that app weed maps oh yeah a bunch of people have that sponsor that is crazy. What is that app that lets you find, like, weed dealers or whatever? I guess so. I mean, it, if you're just going off the name, seems like, yeah, a way to find drugs. Like, uh, semantically, <laughs> uh, you know, if I was going to venture a guess, I'd say it's an app that lets you locate places to purchase marijuana. But, yeah, a bunch of people were, like, uh, like posting on Instagram about it. Or whatever. So I get, yeah, that's that's pretty weird too. But whatever. I guess it's like whole cultural shift or whatever. Yeah, I mean that one feels pretty weird to me. Like the skateboard target market is like fourteen-year-old kids, and you're basically like marketing weed to fourteen-year-old kids. That seems pretty weird. Like you can't do that with cigarettes or alcohol. Speaking of cigarettes, I'm surprised someone hasn't gotten sponsored by Juul yet. Oh shit! I was gonna say that. Yeah. <laughs> That seems like, uh, I mean, I wonder if there's laws in place, because otherwise that seems like a slam dunk. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Jewel probably doesn't need to sponsor anybody. They, you know, they're selling an addictive product. So I would say that neither Jewel nor, nor Weed Maps would necessarily pass the Birdman smell test, but uh, no, you know, never know. But someone was sponsored by, wasn't uh, like... One of those creature dudes sponsored by PBR or something? That seems possible. Seems really possible, but I I don't ever remember a beer sponsor in skateboarding. Which I think, uh, yeah, makes I total think sense. I think Randy Plesser from St. Louis, I think he had like a craft brewery from down there that was hooking him up. And uh, I know definitely that Send Help... Um, they did like a, a collaboration where I think the beer brand ended up on a deck and, you know, there was plenty of beer sent to events. And, uh, yeah, I think there was some beer and skater synergy that has happened, at least in that instance. Not an Anheuser-Busch hookup, but, uh, yeah, definitely like a St. Louis craft brewery was helping out Randy. Yeah, I mean, th- that's a little bit different because uh, it's kind of like another DIY entity kind of kind of like there's a little bit of a symbiotic relationship there like Mm -hmm. one of the breweries here like they always let us do events at their brewery you know what i mean just because they're cool and you know they're down with skating so yeah with with uh, the whole craft brewery scene there's a little kind of like symbiotic relationship going there which is a little bit different from like Budweiser or whatever yeah i think like one thing we haven't necessarily touched on and don't have to go too hard on but um 
like the scale of the non-endemic sponsor probably does matter here because like i don't know if you ride for your homie's taco truck like you're helping out your friend and you know probably eating for for free anyway so yeah good point yeah I, i think you're right that scale matters and yeah craft brewery feels a lot different from riding for coors yeah, I think with the non-endemic sponsors, yeah, it just goes back to Tony Hawk's smell test. Can you sleep at night? If so, get that money. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I guess, real quick, kind of looking at what we got down, I think maybe uh, maybe who we think had the best hookup, and uh, I'll just throw it out there, maybe not as tip-top, but uh, Reese Forbes' deal with the Jaguar. That's dope. Like... An yeah, Olympian was, ass looking dude, like that's dope. That works. I was, yeah, I was thinking about that, like uh, prepping for this episode. Like, what was the deal with that? Did he get, just got like one Jaguar or a bunch of Jaguars? Like, what, how did that work? I think they get usually in in that instance because I, I think I probably read the same thing as you, Templeton. But uh, the dudes get like a vehicle and you know some cash and. You know, it's it's like a two-year contract, but, you know, they drive it around, probably have some responsibilities, and I just feel like, uh, yeah, there's there's some brand synergy with uh, Forbes looking all like he's from Athens 2,000 years ago in this, like, ill English import. I, I give that, like, a thumbs up for sure. Yeah, that's a good one. What about you, Jason? What's, what's your top uh, sponsor of Jealousy? Shit. Well, didn't... This is the only one I could think of. Didn't Lutzka, he had a, didn't he have like a pro model, like Toyota Matrix or some shit? He definitely had a, to, a pro model automobile. Probably a Toyota Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Just having a pro model car would be uh, pretty thick. So, yeah, that's a whole another area that uh, hasn't been explored yet. But yeah, that would be pretty thick. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I remember Costin, I think, had an Apple sponsorship at one point. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That seems pretty sick. Uh, you know, get as many AirPods as you want. Beautiful. Well, I know I'd be stoked on that Apple sponsorship. Um, let's see, Jason, what are you, uh, what are you stoked on this week? Well, this week I'm stoked on... Brazil, specifically Brazilian skateboarding. There was that Wilton Souza, I think his name. He just had that crazy part on Thrasher. He was doing all types of like inward heel flip, tail slide, inward heel flip out type shit, which is right in my wheelhouse. Then there was that Carlos Ribeiro part, which was insane. So Brazil 2020, I think it's their uh, gold medal to lose. I think I think if if you're uh, placing a wager, I would put some money down on those guys. And what else? Oh, I'm stoked! I'm stoked on uh, Dunk Mids coming back, which is my favorite shoe of all time. Apparently, they're gonna make it like I don't know what the industry term is, but they're just gonna make it like a every month. Like they'll just keep. Is there like a term for that when there's a shoe that's just like? You just keep, they just keep dropping every month. I think it's something, but whatever. If you look on the shoe thread on flat, they'll probably tell you. But 
yeah, hopefully they'll be coming back in a regular constant supply. Yeah, what are you stoked on, Mike? I am uh I'm stoked on Thrasher magazine's send off uh of Transworld skateboarding from the May 2019 issue. It was nerdy. They were talking about how Transworld was on glossy paper and it seemed sincere. Um which is always easy to do when one rival outlives the other. Beyond that, what I thought was interesting was that they pointed out that uh, Transworld had made, quote, some of the best videos of an era. And uh, the more I thought about that point, like the more I thought that that might actually be Transworld Skateboarding's legacy as, uh, you know, copies of that magazine, you know, get destroyed in floods, thrown out of mom's basement, uh, chopped apart for whatever reason. Like, none of these magazines actually digitize their content. And so, what's going to be left behind, maybe especially in Transworld's uh, situation, is that they're going to be the videos. And those were great videos. And um, that's probably what they're going to be remembered by more so than a print product that, you know, let's face it, in 10 years, little Johnny's not going to be able to read it. But you will be able to watch those videos. So uh, what are you stoked on, Templeton? Uh, I'm stoked on springtime. Uh, the plants are popping out of the ground. My house plants are happy. Um, starting to see flowers out there. And all that means nice weather and skateboarding. Skateboarding in like a sweatshirt instead of bundled up wearing gloves. So just stoked on spring. Bring it on. Well, that wraps up the first episode of the new Mostly Skateboarding. We'll have links and show notes at MostlySkateboarding.net. You can find me on Twitter at MostlySkate. Uh, where can the people find you, Mike? Oh, I'm, uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram, the same handle. Uh, so you can see all sorts of things about my kid and skating indoors, but outdoors soon. I'm at M Munzenrider. That's uh, you know my first initial and my last name. So there you go. What about you, Jason? I am on Twitter at Carbonite1994, on the gram at Frozen and Carbonite, and writing stuff for quartersnacks.com. All right. Thanks for listening, and be sure to follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, and the blog for daily skate radness. And tune in next week for another episode.